0: And so today, we let Zachariah teach us. His story, his journey, will be what guides us in this morning. It's not an easy one, and I'm going to ask you if you would be willing to participate with me this morning. Um, There will be two different times. You won't have to get up. You won't have to move around, but first, right here at the beginning, I'm going to I'm going to do something, and I'm going to ask you to shout out responses to me. And then at the end of the service, when we reach the final moments, I'm going to invite you, I'm going to give you at least two minutes of being silent in God's presence. And at that time, I'm going to ask you if you might like to capture a few of the words that you believe God has given to you. So you might even wanna get a pen or a pencil or get your phone out, get ready to go for the end of the service because I won't give you time for it to get ready at that point. And if you are one who hates doing that kind of thing and whenever a preacher says you're gonna be engaged, you go, nope, that's okay, you don't need to. It's perfectly fine for you to just sit right there and listen, you have absolute permission to do that if that's your preference. But for those of you who like to be engaged in the service, there are going to be a couple opportunities for you today. And that starts right now. I'm going to say something. I'm going to make a statement. And as I make that statement, I would love for you to pay attention to what you think and what you feel when you hear those words. Ready? Here we go. What are you thinking? What are you feeling as I say this? God says to you, you will be punished. I have seen what you did. I know. And you will be punished for what you have done. What do you think and feel when you hear that regret, regret. Well, for what guilty? guilty. Sadness. Sadness. I will continue to serve, helpless, Helpless. stressed, shame, Shame. Fear. fear. I think that's a lot of what Zachariah felt at this season of his life. It's a little like... When we know that someone is going to punish us, I think it feels a little bit like somebody's shining a really bright light on the things about ourselves that we like the least. You know, the one thing that I'm trying so hard to hide and, and I don't want people to know about this and if I am punished for it, it is as if there is a light right on my sin and I feel like everyone can see it. I think maybe Zechariah felt that way when he came out of the holy place. It doesn't feel very good, does it? But, you know, after studying Zechariah for a while, I've come to see this a little differently. I've come to think some different thoughts about God's punishment. What if, what if the light of punishment is actually given to help us see the things, the very things, that actually can get us off track. We can get lost and encumbered and and have a hard time finding our way through many kinds of distractions, and the light of punishment, in fact, may be designed to point us back to God, to point us to his love, Maybe punishment comes to us not so much because God is punitive as because God longs so deeply for us to be fully unified with Him. And He wants us to be able to move away from the things that build barriers between God and us. I wonder. I wonder if you have ever felt yourself walking down a new day, you know. Every day is new, and it means that we don't know what will come. And do you ever find yourself with God seemingly shining a bit of a light on where you're going? It comes in so many different ways. Now, I know as well as you know that punishment actually means cruel retribution. So maybe we need to use a different word For Zechariah. Maybe instead we choose the word discipline. But even as we choose the word discipline, it seems that we cannot get away from the truth that God imposed His will on Zechariah as a form of response to what Zechariah did that was not so good and positive discipline. Listen to the words of Hebrews chapter 12. If you want to look there, I'm reading from the message, but you might find it helpful. Hebrews 12, beginning with verse 4, it says this, in this all-out march against sin, others have suffered, for, suffered far worse than you to say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines, the child he embraces that he corrects. God is educating you, That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as a dear child. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's trading. The normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so that we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain, but later, of, later, of course... It pays off handsomely. For it's the well trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Seriously? God's going to discipline you? How do you feel about that? I think for most of us as North Americans, that's, that's not a very easy thing to hear or think or believe. God is love. He's a soft, fluffy blanket. He keeps me safe, he gives me what I want. He holds me close to his heart. God is kind, he's my friend. God disciplines you. It's a very different kind of message And I think of at least three reasons why we resist it so much. I think sometimes we resist the idea of God's discipline because for some of us, we have been punished by people who did an awful job of that. They were inconsistent. They were punitive. What they did to us was cruel. It was not redemptive in any way. And so when we hear or think of God being one who disciplines, punishes, it's like, no, 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 I'll have none of that. If that's who God is, I want nothing to do with it. And it's because we misunderstand what God's discipline looks like. I think a second reason that we resist discipline, or the notion of it even, is that we kind of like to be in control of our own lives? Let me let those words rest on you a minute. God imposed a silence on Zachariah. We are North Americans, most of us, for crying out loud, and we get to choose, we get to do what we want, we get to do it when we want it. We so to think that God might actually... Do something to us is very foreign to us. I think a third reason that we resist this so much is that we don't care much for doing what is hard. If it's hard, if it's painful, if it's going to take a while, then you know what? I would just as soon pass. We don't like to do what is hard. And so we push away the very notion that God might punish, discipline us. But as we look at the life of Zachariah, I don't know that we can get around this in any way. I think it's very clear that that's what happened. Zechariah was a holy, godly man. He and his wife Elizabeth had been years wanting and yet not receiving a child and yet he stayed faithful to God he walked closely with him everything about him seems to indicate that he truly was a wholehearted follower of God and then he goes in to the holy place and the angel comes and said this makes this great declaration that they're going to have a child and and do you know remember what he does do you remember what he says? Can we have that on the screen? Zachariah simply says, nope, not the whole scripture, just, I'll just tell him. <laughs> That's it. It's that. Put that on. That's what Zechariah does. He said, how can I be sure of this. And Gabriel says, because you said that, you will not be able to speak for nine months. Seriously? This is absurd. Oh my goodness. Look throughout scripture for crying out loud. David, he had sex with another man's wife and then he had the guy killed. He didn't get silenced for nine months. How about Moses? God says, Moses, be my mouth. Moses says, Oh, it's too hard. I can't do it. I'm not sure you'd be able to do it through me. So God says, Okay, I'll give you a helper. Zachariah says, How can my 80 year old wife have a child? Am I getting this right? And and the angel says, That's it. You're not going to speak. For nine months. That does not seem fair to me. The punishment does not seem equal to the crime in this case. And that leaves me wondering, how much of what's bad in my life that happens to me, how much of that is God's punishment? So is God just arbitrarily going around, going smack, slap How about what happened around our globe in the last two weeks, three weeks? Is that God's punishment? I don't think so. I don't think punishment is an arbitrary act of God. I think punishment, I think discipline is what God does with us to guide us. Because he knows us, he leads us into paths that bring us closer to him. God's discipline is not punitive. And whether you have hardship or discipline in your life right now, if you are trying to figure out which is it, is God disciplining me? Here's what I believe. If you don't know, then it's not God's discipline. Remember that the point of discipline is to bring us closer to God. But whether there is discipline or hardship in your life at this point, we still want to look to Zechariah and say, So how? How? do you take nine months of silent silence and have something good come from it? How does God redeem discipline? Well, I think it's pretty clear in this case that for Zachariah and for us, the big question is, what is my posture when I am disciplined? Or when, or when hardship comes to me. It, do you know what I mean when I say, what's my posture to the discipline and to God? You know, do I, do I close myself off or, or do I receive? It's, if you want to think about it, this is a little bit silly, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be Zachariah for a minute, and I'm going to give you two different approaches that Zachariah might have had once he heard these words. So you're going to have to read my mind. Are you ready? So I'm Zechariah. The angel just spoke. And this is one posture that Zechariah could have had. One posture that would have been possible for him. This is another. Every single time every single one of us face either discipline or hardship we have some choices to make. We make those choices moment by moment, day after day. We decide how we will think about the discipline we decide what will we say to others about the discipline. We decide how we will act in response to what may seem too much and too long for too little. How do you respond to God's discipline in your own life? We're gonna turn for just a minute and then look at the very specific nature of the discipline that was given to Zachariah. It seems to me that when he was told that he could not speak for nine months, I think if I would be Zachariah, for me, that would carry with it a very large weight of shame. I think I would feel that if, if in my best moment, I would at least feel ashamed that God was disappointed in me, with me. So why silence? Because here's what happens in silence. When we in silence bring our sense of shame to God, God shines the spotlight on that. And God reminds us that we are much loved and that his love for us is not dependent upon our perfection as his children. His discipline is not about separation between God and us. And in the silence, as we hear God's voice, The shame itself lifts because we understand who we are as his children, deeply, deeply loved by God. And what about the silence? Why silence itself? Well, I think you all know it, and so I'm not going to say anything new or profound right here, but I am going to say something hard. Without silence in our lives, it is virtually impossible for us to hear from God. The world is so busy. It is so loud. We are so busy. We are so loud. We either are talking or waiting impatiently for the moment that someone else will stop talking so that we can put our two cents in. And we do that with God as much as we do it with one another. Zachariah was given the gift of silence because I believe that Zechariah needed to learn to listen to God. You may be saying, Judy, I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't get that. How, how do you sit in silence? I'm going to give you some really specific practical ideas, ways that you can begin to practice the discipline of Silence without being disciplined with silence. For one, if you're a really active person, when you go out for a walk or a run, take the earbuds out, don't go with anyone, go on your own, and in the course of that walk or that run, say to God over and over again, Father, I am listening, I want to hear from you. No list of requests, no telling you anything that I need or want or deserve. I am going to listen to you as I walk and run in your presence right now. If you have space, pick a spot in your space that is your listening spot. Maybe it's a chair, maybe it's by a window, and when you sit in that chair, what you do is listen to God. You break out the word. You sit in silence and you listen to God. And some of you have young children and you're going, yeah, Judy, that's for another season of life. There is no silence in our home. What if, what if you would just begin to teach your children the power of the discipline of silence and listening to God in that. What if all seven of you would gather around and the kids have crayons and, and sheets of paper and every one of you have a spot on the carpet and for two minutes we're going to sit together in silence and we're going to try to hear from God. We're going to listen to God individually as a family And when the two minutes or a minute and a half or 30 seconds is up, celebrate together. Celebrate the truth that God has been with you and that we can all learn to hear from him more. And you know I'm going to give you one more. It wouldn't be me if I didn't, right? Some of you know. What am I going to say next? What's going to help you listen to God? Go on the prayer retreat. Prayer retreats are designed for this very thing to make the noise go away for a little bit, to give you 24 hours to be quiet in God's presence. It costs $78. It's February 5 and 6. If you can't afford it, we will get you a scholarship. If you know you can't go, pay for a scholarship for somebody else to go. But we as a body of believers need to pay attention to what God did to Zachariah. He forced him to listen. And Zechariah cooperated with God and he did listen. How do I know that? I know that because when the time was over, when the baby was born and then eight days later, I believe those must have been the longest days of the entire discipline because the angel said when the baby is born, you will speak. And day one, he didn't speak. And day two, he didn't speak. And I think if I would have been Zachariah, I would have thought maybe I got it wrong. But on day eight, the elders came to circumcise and bless and name the child. And when they came, they wanted to name him Zachariah. And what did Elizabeth say? His name is John. Ludicrous. He needs to be named after his father. They looked to Zachariah. He takes a tablet. And he, at the end of nine months of punishment, discipline, writes these words of obedience His name is John. And at that moment, his mouth is free. Now, folks, I can promise you that after nine months of talking, if my mouth was free, I would have been going, you're never going to believe what happened in that holy place. There was an angel. I'm not kidding. It was an angel. He looked like, and then, and then remember two months ago when you were doing that one thing, what I really intended to communicate at that point was, and, and by the not Zachariah. Zachariah had submitted his spirit to the discipline of God And when the silence was broken, what he declared is what we now today called the benedictus. He was ready to proclaim his benedictus. And those words had nothing to do with himself. They were words that gave glory to God, that spoke of what was coming to the Israelite nation. Zechariah listened to God in his silence, in his discipline. And I have to tell you two things in particular that he said in his Benedictus. This from the man who was terrified when the angel showed up says, And God will enable us to serve God. Him without fear. And Zechariah, the man who was disciplined for nine months, says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, Zechariah's discipline changed him. What do you say about God when the punishment seems too strong and too long? What is your benedictus? And now I invite you to sit in silence for a couple moments And if you're able, write your own benedictus. What do you learn of God from your times of discipline?